Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is J.R. Robinson. And once again, I'd like to welcome you to When He Speaks Erotica from a man's perspective. And as always, as always, as always, I want to say thank you to everybody who supports this channel. Tonight's topic, should I bring up, are we exclusive or just let it happen? Also, my question of the night is, is the forehead kiss the most intimate gesture of love? So please do me a favor, sit back, relax. Go ahead and pour you one, and I'll be right back with the question of the night. So my question of the night is, is the forehead kiss one of the most intimate gestures of love? And I want to explore this question and and kind of like go into it because um, I remember watching The Best Man back in 1999 and Tate Diggs' character was known for giving forehead kisses and Neil Long's um, character said it was damn near erotic up until that point I didn't see a forehead kiss as erotic then I started thinking about it it's not done normally. And something about it just feels special. I mean, there's been times I've gotten a forehead kiss from a woman. And at that moment, <laughs> I guess I felt like a little girl. <laughs> you know, it, it just felt right. You know? So... The forehead kiss is that act of affection, usually between two people who are close to each other. The expression is thought to date back to ancient times, when it was a sign of respect and admiration. The kiss is, is a gesture of affection that can be used in different types of relationships. It can be used as a sign of love, appreciation comfort and respect the meaning of a forehead kiss can vary depending on the relationship between two people in some cases a forehead kiss may be a platonic gesture of endearment in other cases it may be more of a intimate gesture that is shared between two people who are in love and have a strong emotional connection the psychology behind the forehead kiss. Like I said, uh, if you ever seen the, the best man, um, his character, Tay Diggs' character, used it as a, ars as a, as a um, weapon in his uh, arsenal, meaning that he knew and understood the effect of the forehead kiss. And he used it to his advantage. So, even though it's a way of showing care without being too intimate, it also can create an element of intimacy on the, on, the, on the lowest level. It can be so fucking passionate that even if you don't want to be, uh, even if you don't want to have sex, you might give into it because 
someone broke you down on the dribble with the forehead kiss. And a lot of people may say, you know, it's nothing with the forehead kiss. It's not kissing on the lips. It's not oral sex. It's just kissing me on my big ass head. But it has meaning. It has something that a lot of people don't get. A lot of people don't get that feeling of feeling special. Because when you kiss somebody on the forehead, you it's not a, it's not an everyday thing. So you're thinking outside the box, you know. It can be seen as um, showing care without, like I say, being too intimate. And it's also a way of saying, I'm thinking of you or I care about you. The symbolism associated with a forehead kiss. It can be uh, symbolized. It can symbolize a very a variety of things in a relationship. From respect and high regard to deep emotional uh, connections. It's also a sign of protection as the forehead is considered a vulnerable spot on the body. The forehead is considered a vulnerable spot. I didn't know that. For some couples, a forehead kiss is simply a way of showing love. While others, it carries more significance. Whatever the meaning behind it, that kiss is often seen as a sign of love and intimacy. The eroticism of a forehead kiss. It can be one of the most erotic and affectionate things you can do to someone you're attracted to. It's a simple act, but it communicates so much without saying a word. It communicates volumes of how you feel about that person. Think about that. Someone keeps you on your forehead, and they're telling you, and... They're telling you that they care about you without even saying it. And that's deep. Because I've been kissed on the lips, kissed in the mouth. And I'm not a person who likes to kiss in the mouth. But I've been kissed before. And it's like, eh, okay. But the kiss on the forehead or say somewhere else, you know, um, other than, you know, my penis, you know, um, I think it takes, I, I think it's beyond the average way of a person thinking when they explore the body outside of your lips and your organs, you know? Um, I can remember having uh, my back kiss one time, one more than one time, a couple of times. And that was on some different shit, you know? Because it was like from one spot to another spot. And it wasn't normal for me to lay on my stomach and have a woman kiss me on my back. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the thought of that brings back crazy-ass memories. But um, when it's somewhere different, when it's somewhere that's vulnerable, it hits differently, you know? There's something about the forehead kiss that oozes sexuality. Maybe it's the fact that it's such an innocent act that it can be so easily misinterpreted. Or maybe it's the fact that it requires a level of trust 
and tenderness that can be very erotic. So, the forehead kiss is a very, is a very intimate gesture of love that shows a deep level of trust, respect, and affection. It is usually shown between people who are very close to each other and is a sign of a strong and lasting bond. Whatever the reason, there is no denying that a forehead kiss may be a very, very, very erotic experience. If you're looking to add a little spice to your relationship or if you just want to experience something new, go ahead and try a forehead kiss because it would definitely be worth trying. And on that note, I'll be right back with the topic of the night. Alright, so tonight's topic is, should I ask are we exclusive or just let it happen? If you're wondering whether you should bring up the topic of being exclusive with your partner, it's important to first consider what your relationship status is and how comfortable you both are with each other. If you're in a committed relationship, it's likely that you're already exclusive. It's kind of like automatic. However, if you're still getting to know each other, you know, um, just starting out, you might want to, you know, I think it's best that you wait until you're both ready to have the conversation about, you know, the status of the relationship. And one thing you got to do, you got to always trust your gut and just let things happen naturally, you know? The question of the question of whether to bring it up or not can be difficult. And there's many things to consider before you make the decision. One of the first things you need to dis- you need to consider is how long you've been dating. If you've been dating for a short time, um, it's kind of like a no-brainer, you know. You might want to wait on bringing up that conversation about being exclusive. You don't want to come off like uh, too strong you know, or scare your partner off. And it really depends on how long you've been, you know, been together and, and dating, and how comfortable each partner, you know, are. Number two, how do you feel about your relationship? Do you feel like you're ready for a more committed relationship? And if you're not sure, it might be best just to, you know, see how things progress, you know? Um, number three, take in consideration what your partner thinks. It's always important to consider what the other person is feeling on the matter. And if they're not ready to be exclusive, pushing the issue will only make things worse. And they'll probably feel like you being overbearing or you're, um, they may question, well, why are you so eager to, to start a relationship when we just starting out? Because some people can come off strong like that. They can come off as almost they're desperate, both men and women. I'm not going to say just women. It's both men and women. And for whatever reason that they come off desperate or eager to have a relationship without going through the required steps, you know, getting to know each other, getting to know each other's um, background, you know, um, medical history. You want to know that the person that you're with, you know, they're, they're healthy as far as sex and, you know, um, that they're in good health, you know. Um, I think uh, financial and 
more personal stuff, you know, pertaining to kids, that comes a little bit later. But there are a couple of things that need to be put on the table immediately when you first start now. Number four, what is your motivation? Are you looking for a more committed relationship because you're ready for one or because you're afraid of losing that person? And if it's the latter, it's best that you reconsider your approach. If you stressing somebody out to be with you because you're afraid of losing them, you've already lost them. You know what I'm saying? Because for one, you're not being 100. You're not being sincere. You know, it's all about what you want and it comes off as uh as it, it comes off as false, you know what I'm saying? Um, I wouldn't want nobody to pressure me into wanting to be with them because they didn't want to lose me. Don't get me wrong, I understand not wanting to lose a good thing or lose what might be the best relationship you've ever had. But like I said before, sometimes you just gotta go through go through the required steps in order to get to a level where both parties are comfortable. When you start pushing and, and demanding and making it seem like I can't live without you and you just started, you know, uh, dating two days ago. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I understand and I believe in love at first sight. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to even, you know, act like that don't exist. But everybody don't go through that, you know. And um, sometimes people do have a, a hidden agenda of why they want to get with you so quick. And, you know, um, they may see dollar signs. They may see a come up. They may see someone that lay their head until the next summer roll around. You know, they they might need somewhere to hibernate, you know. So there's plenty of reasons why, you know, people can come off not being sin sincere, you know. So you got to understand or you got to know what the motivation is, you know. Number five, what's the worst that could happen? Think about the worst case scenario. If your partner isn't ready for being exclusive, it isn't really the end of the world. You know, things don't stop. It's not like it can't happen. It's just, it might not be the right time. There's a lot of relationships that don't pop off because it might be the right person, but not the right time. Or it might be the right time and not the right person. And, um, that's funny because I've, I've had that. I've had that situation where it just seemed like I had the right person, but the timing was off. And it could have been because how I was living or, you know, they were um, in a different space or they were going to school and they didn't have time for a relationship. But it's just one of those things we can never, you know, come together and, and just try to make the relationship work because each person might be doing something. You know, that's not going to be, um, that's not going to have, that's not going to make the relationship happen, you know. And um, if your partner isn't ready to be exclusive, then trying to force it, it's not going to work. It's, it's, it's going to be a struggle 
you know. And if it does work, it's going to take some work to make it, you know, make it happen. And you got to decide or you got to ask yourself, would you be willing to stay in a relationship even if it means things may progress slowly? Even if the, the situation don't happen the way you want it to happen, would you be willing to sacrifice what it is that you want in order for what making it, what may be, what may develop down the line? A lot of people are not patient. Patient is key when you're dealing with someone who's not ready to be exclusive. And if, and if you want them, and if you desire them, and if you truly believe that you and that person can have or build something of quality, then waiting on them shouldn't be a problem. Now, I'm not saying wait 20 years, but, I mean, look at, you know, I, I look at uh, Magic and his wife. They waited a long time to, you know, get together. And I, and I saw um, the thing on HBO, you know, and it didn't go really into details about their relationship, but it gave a brief, you know, um, outline of what they went through, you know. And if you follow Magic Johnson, you know, he had his share of women before the right woman stood by his side. You know, so um, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it's not going to happen when you want it to happen. And you got to be like, if you want it, if you want that person, you got to, you know, step out of who you are and say, you know what? They're worth it. So why don't I wait and help them get to where they need to get to first? And then we can come back to us working this out, getting married or being together forever, you know? Um, I think there's a few things to consider before bringing up the topic of being exclusive with your partner. Ultimately, the decision is up to you, but just be sure to communicate openly and honestly with your partner to ensure that both of you are on the same page. And there's no clear answer to the question. It depends on the situation and the relationship that's developed between the two people that's involved. And if you're happy with the, the way things are progressing, and if you're comfortable by taking you know, a slow pace, then there's no need to bring up the topic of, there's no need to pressure the person into being with you or um, moving as fast as you because a lot of people don't feel that. A lot of people may have, some people may have experienced a situation where they've been, um, where they've been, um, where they've been, um, what's the word I'm looking for, rushed before and things didn't work out. So this time they want to make sure that, you know, they see all the angles, they see every possible situation. I mean, whatever they decide to do, you have to be, you know, willing to understand it and not make them seem like they're wrong for, you know, wanting to take their time. You know? Because you can pressure somebody and miss something. 
You can you can miss being happy. You can miss not being fulfilled. You can miss on the best relationship you probably ever will have by forcing someone or making them think that look, you got to marry me right now. I mean, I've seen plenty of women give men ultimatum. I've I've heard women say, if you don't marry me or if you don't, um, you know, jump at the chance to get with me, well, I'm just going to have another man raise your son, raise your, your kid. Now, a lot of times, you hear that, and you're like, do what the fuck you got to do. But if you have a child and you don't want any other man raising your child, you kind of give in to that ultimatum. Because you start to trick yourself into thinking that, okay, maybe I need to stop chasing other women. Maybe I need to stop hanging out so much because this woman's offering me something or can help me in the long run. So why don't I put aside my different guilty pleasures in order to be happy and raise my child, you know, with the person I had the child with. And once you start thinking like that, you're really not being honest with yourself. Because if a person gives you an ultimatum or forces you to be with them, there's going to come a time in your life when you're with that person. You're going to look at them. And you may have a disgusted look. You may feel like, what the fuck did I let this woman force me into marrying her just because I didn't want another man around my child. It's going to come up. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bother you. It's going to tap into your nerve. And, and, and you're going to feel like you shortchanged yourself or you sacrifice a little bit more than what you what you really wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Because okay, granted, every couple who has a child together, well, the majority of the time majority of people who have children together want to bring that child together as mother and father, husband and wife. There's the exception when the relationship ain't shit. Or when it's one-sided, then they try to the parents try to get far, get as far as get as far away from each other as they can, and not take into consideration of what the child will go through and what the what, and the child the child will suffer by their decisions. But sometimes you got to make the decision that's best for you, and then when that child get of age, you explain, hey. Me and your mom's just going to do it. But I love you. And I hate that I went all the way off on this topic. But um, that's kind of like some of the things I've seen. You know. Um, I've experienced something similar to that. And um, I had my feelings about it. But you know. I think for the, in the long run. It was the best decision for you know for me and that person who I was with at the time. So um, feeling like you gotta be with someone because 
you know, they they forcing you or they making it seem like, hey, either we're exclusive or we're nothing, you might need to rethink that approach, you know? And hopefully you find someone who's not going to give you an ultimatum or who's not going to make you feel like, or make you feel bad because you can't work it out with them and they, you know, push another man in your face. Because no man wants to hear, well, I'm going to marry someone else because you're not going to, you know, be my husband. You're not going to be the father to your child. How is me not being your husband equal to me not being a good father? I don't want your ass. I want my child. I just don't want your ass. There's the little tricks and, and mind games that women play on men. And if you're not strong, you fall victim to it, you know? So, um, I think, you know, like it says, like, like I've read earlier, you have to have time to, to decide if you're ready to be exclusive. You can't just do it off the rip, you know, unless you, unless it's love at first sight and you just know in your heart, you don't want no other woman, you don't want no other man. And you found God has brought you that person you've been looking for, then yeah, you know, you go ahead and make that move. You know, I think one thing to remember is always ask yourself if there, if the person that you with are gonna be exclusive, even before even before you sleep with them. Because you can have relationships, so you can have, you know, hookups, and being exclusive is not important. It may not be important to you, but your partner will be like, you know what, me and you are like, you know, get ready to sleep together, we spend the time together, and we, you know, in the bed, and just having a good time. And am I the only one you're doing that with? And it's, a, it's bad that you got to ask that question. But a lot of times, if you don't ask that question, the other person will come back and say, well, we didn't say we was exclusive. You know what I'm saying? It was no, um, we didn't have to talk about we wasn't going to sleep with other people. And that can throw you off like, oh, hold up. This is, this is uh, precious down here, down there. You know what I'm saying? You can't just be in me or you know riding me riding somebody else or being in somebody else because the exchange of fluids is not going to work with me you know what i'm saying you don't wear a condom with me or i don't put a condom on when i'm with you so i know you're not wearing a condom with somebody else or you're not making them put a condom on when you're with them so nah that's not gonna work so it's important to ask Someone, if they're being exclusive before you sleep, not after, not just before, but be not just not five minutes before you get ready, you know, uh, have sex. You got to do that like early on, like, hey, can we, this is moving a certain way. We are like vibing. So are we going to be exclusive when it comes to being sexual? That's very important. That's like a no-brainer. And I think with 
this way you can avoid any misunderstandings or you or you getting your feelings hurt. Because if they're not exclusive, then you can decide if you still want to proceed. Asking first is a sign of respect. It can help prevent any any un, any awkwardness or hurt feelings later on. So before you engage in any type of sexual activity with someone, it's important to ask them if, if being exclusive with you is, is important or if there's something that they can do. Because not only can you get your feelings hurt, but you can catch something, a, a disease. And if they're not exclusive with you, then you need to use protection to reduce the risk. And if you don't ask and find out later that they're not exclusive, you, you're putting yourself, putting your health at risk. So always, always, always bring up the question, look, is it me and you? Or is it me and you and Joe? Or is it me and you and Susan? Because if it is, then it's not going to be me and you, you know? But to wrap this up, in summary, both approaches can lead to a wonderful relationship. However, it's important to remember that both approaches require two people. So if you end up not connecting with someone that may not be interested in being exclusive, you may end up with someone who may not be interested in being exclu exclusive. That doesn't mean that's in the world. That doesn't mean that you can't still talk to that person. It simply means that you need to move on for some you need to move on and find someone for you. And remember that it's fine to have an open relationship as long as people know what's going on up front. And with that, I'm going to end the podcast. I hope that everybody have a good night. I want to say thank you for listening, supporting. Please, you know, um, listen, like, share, subscribe, you know, let your peoples know. And um, I guess I will talk to y'all on Saturday night. Stay up. Peace.